I got cereal but forgot milk. Okay, welcome to episode 8 of The Failure Show. I'm Ben Frank. And I'm Ida Knox. Yeah, Ida Knox who's sitting sitting, sitting up, up straight, straight with proper posture because Ben got on to me for it. Yeah, well and though, you, you said you sat up for your yoga class. I did. I yoga every, um, well usually every Saturday and Sunday morning and they make you sit up straight. They tell you to feel like you have a piece of string pulling through your spine, pulling you up towards the ceiling. Oh, does that does that work or does it just make you say like, that's unrealistic, that's I not mean, a real it thing? It does make me feel like I need to sit up straight. It never has made me feel like I have a piece of string running through my spine. So I guess I guess you're not totally feeling it then. No, not so much. But that's kind of how I do yoga. Is like they'll be like, you know, like feel connected to the earth, and I'm like, I guess I do believe in gravity. So I just make justifications. Okay. So you kind of do yoga sarcastically. Um, yoga actually keeps me really calm. I really do like it. I mean, I think like ultimately I could get into like the scary yoga retreats if they had French fries, but they don't. So <laughs> my two different lifestyles cannot. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't really envision yogis like eating French fries that doesn't. Or hamburgers. Or just any foods that people would like. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, so no string through my back for now. Yeah. All right, but you're you're sitting up sitting up straight. Hopefully the sound is uh coming, Oh my god, I'm well. so loud. Everyone <laughs> can hear me. No, no. No, no, you've got you've gotten a lot better. It's just, you know, when you're <laughs> No, no, it's just it's just It's true. I do tend to record this podcast slumped over like I've been shot in the side. While while eating Doritos. While eating Doritos. And Ben is like, "I don't know why you think this is the right way to do this, but it does feel like it's a way to do it." Um, oh, it's definitely a way. Yeah. Yeah, sure. it's turned out it was not the best way. I, but, I'm improving. Yeah, no, no, that's all like about starting a podcast. You need to like uh, just be aware. You know, you become aware of just the like little idiosyncrasies things. Some you do people that might you say even... the failures, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was using a kinder a kinder word. I was tying it into the theme. Damn it. Yeah, we got we got to, we got to do it at, do it at some point for sure. Tie it tie it tie it into the theme. But I guess not every single thing needs to be like. And I guess I didn't do that well, so it was a failure. Really? Because I've started going through my whole life that way now, and I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I host a podcast. <laughs> so. You're like, I can do this. <laughs> like I, I fucked up, but this is gonna be my failure of the week. So like, and people are like, that's not a thing. You don't just get to have one every week. That's like a free pass, but. I mean, but it is good though. It's like a silver lining that, like, okay, something like embarrassing happened, but now I don't have to think of content. That's true. That is very helpful. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is very helpful. So that's. It's kind of like a, in that in that way, doing the show is kind of like a hedge on life. Is that even when things don't go well, they are going well. It's a good business model. Yeah. I think. I mean, we don't make any money, so it's not. That's actually. not that part of it's not a good business model. At least not yet. It's a good content model, rather. Right. Right. A good yeah. Good good model for for building content. Yeah. And having a having episodes. It is uh this uh man, it's been a it's been a dreary day out today. 
look who's describing things now. Yeah. It's not me. Um, so it's, I, yeah. It, I drove home. As Ida would say, it's the kind of day that you would only have sex with once. I would say that. That is um, actually a very good way to qualify today. That's true. I didn't have sex today. Because because you said it about, on a previous episode. I know. I know I did. Um, so. No, I didn't even have sex once today. So that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a really funny way to say that. Well, my my boyfriend's been here for two weeks, and he just flew back to America. So it's so that been, might be a notable thing for you. Yeah, it's been like a, a sexless weekend. Um, right. Sexless weekend. <laughs> I regret all of my decisions that have led me to this conversation. Yeah, uh, and it, and it seems like you don't really want to give away any more information. It was not a sexless two weeks, and now it is a sexless weekend. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Grandma, if you ever listen to this. Just. Okay. Cool. And let's get. Uh, yeah, why not? That's. On, on, the, on the note of, of sex for two weeks and apologizing <laughs> to grandmas, let's move on to the next segment. Uh, fail or pass? Fail or pass? Okay, so this is uh, fail or pass, the, the segment every week where we go over stories in the news and decide whether the principles involved fail or pass and, yeah. and where Ida usually gets very passionate and upset about something. I, yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> Let's get started. Yeah, and uh, for, uh, for the segment this week, we're going we're gonna to welcome uh, our guest, uh, Sean Kiefer. So, Sean, yes. welcome, uh, Thank welcome, you. welcome yes. to the failure show. <laughs> yes, great to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll... Um, Ben's going to start because yeah. we're having this crisis of being worried that we pick the same story. <laughs> Which is totally irrational and the chances are not large. <laughs> but I will... So I will start this story um, by not telling you what it's about. Okay. But just reading the beginning of it. Because like the turtle story you did a couple weeks ago, Ida. Yeah. It has a very like awesome beginning. Oh, good. Yeah. So I'm just going to read it and you'll eventually... Find out what it's about. Okay. Um, so, in terms of the location of the story, it's London. The killer, a former bodybuilder, stalked his frail victims at nature reserves. In one case, clambering over a locked gate armed with a net before he chased them down, trapped them, and carried them away, dead or alive. In what prosecutors are calling Britain's first conviction of its kind, Philip Cullen, 57, was found guilty this week of capturing, killing, and possessing specimens of the large blue butterfly. The country's <laughs> rarest butterfly, admired for All its right. beauty and expressionist blue wings, Mr. Cullen, who had denied the charges, could face a maximum of six months in prison when he is sentenced next month. That feels like an inflammatory first paragraph. Can I please ask what the yeah. headline was? Um, the headline was... <laughs> Oh, oh, the headline is very, very punny as well, which is good. Um, British police net a butterfly killer, and now he may face jail. Oh, is this God. from the sun? <laughs> yeah, what is this? Is this real? Yes, this is, this is an article from the New York Times. Oh, Ooh. shit, all right. Yeah. Our, our, our only news source, yes. you mean? This is a headline from the New York Times. This is, yeah, this is a real... I don't think I think they're adjusting <laughs> to compete with the post. Yeah, so oh, that... Shoot. So I guess I mean there's a lot to digest yeah, here. Yeah, could you could you break down what you want us to fail and pass in this? I think the main in journalism. I, think, yeah, I was gonna say, should we fail past the person or the writer here? Yeah, I mean I think the main uh, thing that I was thinking of failing or passing that has like the biggest kind of potential for debate 
is whether like failing or passing the British judiciary system for like wasting energy going through the legal process trying to like sentence someone <coughs> yeah. for murdering in quotation oh, marks hell no. a, a butterfly in jail. So it's probably like endangered. Yes, it it is endangered. Yeah, throw that throw his ass in jail for sure. I mean, the weird part is it's a story from the New York Times, so it must be it's big enough that they're writing about it. But it's like I don't know. I mean, last year one of the biggest stories of the year in America was Harambe is like killing this gorilla, had all these things. It's like that was a news story. It's like, but this is also a news story. It's like yeah. I mean, I guess the thing like for me, if it's endangered. I guess it just automatically means this is a story and the person should yeah. be sentenced. But I guess I've never, like, I've heard of issues, you know, people getting prosecuted for, you know, kind of killing other endangered animals and birds. But I'd never heard, like, anything about, like, being prosecuted for, like, killing bugs that were endangered. Like, I've never heard a story. But butterflies. Oh, I know. They're pretty they're, bugs. They, they are pretty and they are beautiful. I've just never seen it with this type of animal before so that's why the story hit me differently than it would for like a large bird or another large animal um i would think a bit of a a pass on the judiciary system on actually prosecuting endangered species yeah uh even if it's very small i mean I like, you know, here's an interesting thing, though. Museums do this, actually do this, um, and it, and it, uh, people who, you know, care about butterflies get mad out of it. But they'll, like, kill, you know, and preserve, uh, not endangered necessarily, but sometimes endangered species or whatever, just to have one, like, in their files. So, like, mm. the... Natural History Museum and stuff like people get really mad about like what birds and what kind of things they have preserved in their like however much archive of stuff because they'll be like you shouldn't even have that like you shouldn't have killed it whatever whatever yeah museums kind of get a pass yeah I mean it's like I guess if you're a museum it's one of those things where you need like one of them just to have it it's like if you're if you're if you killed like twenty five of them to be like oh look how many we have then it, then it's a little over the top. And I guess once they build a nature preserve just for this butterfly or it's yeah. part of this nature reserve, then you've crossed the line. It's not like you found it in the wild and caught it. Yeah. So I mean, I guess from my perspective, like I, I guess I have to give the British judiciary a pass because they're just in, they're just enforcing yeah. the law. Um, but just upon reading the article. The whole thing seemed a bit over the top. Yeah. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. So I, I said, I said, fail for journalism. <laughs> fail, fail for journalism everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, we can we can fail the uh, the, the journalism element of this, but pass the uh, the British yes. judiciary. That seems like a <laughs> seems like a reasonable like a thing reasonable. to do. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, okay, Ida. What what okay. do you have here? So I'm gonna present mine in as impartial a way as I can because I I think there is a way that this story could be presented where it's just automatically a fail and I don't necessarily want it to be looked at that way. (laughs) Mm. Um, So this is a challenge to myself to not yell about it. Um, But it's also like I think it is an example of a larger thing that happens in general. Um, And so this is just like one example of does this example fail or pass? And in general, does this like phenomenon of this kind of thing happening? 
happening. Woo! Mississippi. Failure pass. <laughs> um, okay, so the reason I said earlier that Ben reminded me of this is someone sent a joke around about Chuck Berry having died oh. and how he like treated women and they were like, oh, and then Ben was like, yeah, that's definitely not the worst thing he ever did. Yep. Um, which is so true. <laughs> and so I, I kind of want his to just be like a bit of an example because I think it, it is like a larger problem. But basically, Chuck Berry died. He was 90. He helped define rock and roll, etc. Like, obviously, he had a huge contribution to music in a lot of ways. He also was, like, really terrible to women and kind of skeezying the perv. Um, and now that he's died, like, a lot of his um, obituaries and stuff just don't even really touch on that. They kind of leave it out. I mean, that makes sense. Like, you're, like, honoring whatever. So, like, there is a way that I can look at this and be like, yeah, like, I mean, I guess for his family or for whatever, like, his loved ones, you don't want his obituary to be, like, also huge perv. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, this is maybe another journalism or just people in general. I think it is an example of, like, a time where because someone is extremely talented, they sort of are given a pass or, like, are sort of let, like, whatever. Because all of his obituaries that I've seen have kind of, at most, mentioned that he had, like, a brief scandal. Oh, okay. Well, he's, I mean, like, one of his biggest scandals that if they would mention was, like, uh, he had charges against, like, uh, having sex with a minor. Yeah. And, like, or trans transporting a minor, minor across state, state lines. lines. And that was, like, a big thing, but then it was, like, became a race issue later on is like because it was a white girl and it was like was she even underage so that's like a bit of a muddled thing but yeah. like in the whole scale it's like that's a never-ending argument and like you said comedy is like obviously the biggest one right now is bill cosby right right that's and there's another. like so many different famous historical figures that like uh you look back at like martin luther king is like oh he was a bit of a womanizer and it's like well does that yeah does that totally disregard like all the good things he did or contributions and it's like super gray area <laughs> like yeah, I mean, there is no right answer like that's fair and yeah that, it might be a question that has no right answer but i was thinking about it because also Chappelle has his netflix special coming out and mm -hmm. so like um they were running interviews with him where he was talking about cosby mm -hmm. and it was just like oh like what do you do you know like yeah. someone who you thought was really great but then you're like oh wait like, like, yeah can you separate the art from yeah the or like behavior Woody, Woody Allen. like i mean yeah. i think it's so many yeah i mean it's interesting because it, yeah the, the as you said the natural mm -hmm. comparison to something scandals like this is like is the whole bill cosby situation and what i think makes bill cosby situation different from Chuck Berry and what we're talking about now, and not that this should matter, but mm -hmm. I think it does in perception, is um, when these scandals break and when they happen and when the person is in the public eye. Because yeah. mm -hmm. all these things with Chuck Berry happen, but Chuck Berry hasn't been in the public eye for like 20 or 30 years. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of farther in the past and in people's memories, and mm -hmm. I think when it's that far in the past, things fade and you just kind of... You just kind of remember what that person's most known for and what yeah. their biggest contribution yeah. is. Especially like pre-internet and like even 24-hour media, yeah. like right. these things are like lost. Whereas like Bill Cosby's biggest contributions were 30, 40 years ago, mm -hmm. but then this scandal broke like four or five years ago. Yeah. So like it's... What this scandal is the most recent yeah. salient memory we have of him. That's a good point. 
And like, I don't know. And so now it's really fresh and it remains to be seen. I don't know if in 20 or 30 years, if kind of his influence as a comedian Mm -hmm. will to some degree re overshadow the scandal. So I guess my question is like that, that makes a lot of sense. Should we just let that happen? Or like, because I'm kind of tired of outrage, which is like a crazy thing for me to say, but like you do get tired of just trying to constantly like throw everyone under the bus and be furious about everything. But like at the same time, something like does feel weird about being like, well, enough time has passed that like, we'll just kind of forget that this person was a huge creep and just honor them for like their music. I don't know. He also had a song with Ida in the title. (laughs) I mean, I thought it's also like, you're not, it definitely like once it passes and also post-mortem, it definitely dies down a bit. I mean, like Michael Jackson was another big, like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. Like no one gave a shit about like anything he did before. Cause it was like just this about child molesting. But like now it's like, it gets brought up as a jokey thing, but like kind of past. But I don't think it necessarily like disregards all their previous art. And I think that's like people take, you know, they'll get very defensive and it's like, like Bill Cosby, it's like, yeah, but look what he did. And it's like, yes, I'm not ignoring that. Right. Like, that's part of the, like, I'm not saying, yeah, it was okay because he was like a great comedian. But it's also like, you can't, like Chuck Berry, you can't disregard the fact that he helped create rock and roll because he was also like a dickhead rock and roll, like. Right, yeah. I <laughs> like, got like, away with this stuff that probably a lot yeah. of it was really not great, but it was like, he was also a great musician. Yeah, yeah. and I naturally just want to be like, huge fail on everyone's behalf, but like, I agree, like, yeah. you can't. And I guess it's just like acknowledging both of those things could coexist. He could yeah. simultaneously have helped create rock and roll and been super skeezy. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I so mean, I guess I'm trying to get you guys to like comfort me in the fact that I want to give him like a sort of pass or like I guess give like at least the reporting on his death like a pass. I don't know. Even though I think he's skeezy. I think I mean, I don't, I don't think skeezy. when reporting on his death, ignoring all that stuff is. I get it. I mean, you're not going to just be like, oh, this music legend died, but he was a piece of shit. Right. Like, like, it's like, okay. Of course but, not. Yeah, yeah, one of those things you don't want to, like, a day after he dies, like, anger (laughs) his estate unnecessarily, or just (laughs) things like that. Uh, But, I mean, I think, you know, if they mention it at all, I mean, I guess it's, it's, it's good... That they're that they're acknowledging that that's a part of his past, but it's I think it's a part of his story, just like everything else is a part yeah. of his story. Mm. Um, and I don't know if it, just because if it's the most reprehensible part of his story, should it receive the most attention? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. And there we go, failure pass. Carrying on. Please care about nuance in every. <laughs> yeah, please, please care about nuance. our weekly segment in the world should care about nuance. Yeah. So I guess I will. I would pass the reporting that obviously like. I fail mean, his much, fail his much antics. Be- better reporting than the butterflies. Yeah. Measure, yeah, so yeah. I'll pass the yeah like obituary and reporting. I mean, I'm sure like they'll make a movie that shows it a little more, and That's it's true. like you can kind of understand both sides of his whole story. Yeah, I'm sure they'll make like a bio. Like Ray, like that was a good like. Yeah. You know, yeah, he wasn't the best guy. Like he wasn't right. pure. Right, and he was like, like, like uh, he was a like he was a heroin yeah, junkie, heroin and, and he like, was also like a womanizer. I mean, nothing like illegal, but still not like yeah. a nice guy. And yeah, you, yeah. But All right. anyways, so yeah, I think it's it seems like we're 
passing the journalism to a certain degree and you know <laughs> failing the you know the the more reprehensible reality. parts of yeah. uh, Chuck Berry's legacy. But again, yeah. Um, nuance in nuance. in topics. That's something we're trying to preach on this show. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, that's been uh, that's been fail or pass. Let's let's move on to the next segment. Let's do it. Failure of the week. Okay, so we are um, we're we're gonna interview uh, Sean Kiefer today. He's our he's our guest, and we're gonna start off this segment the way we always do, just okay. kind of with some warm up little failures of, uh, of of the week to kind of get us in the mindset of just being uh, a little vulnerable and show the mm-hmm. show the things about ourselves that uh, yep. maybe are maybe are not the best hey, you know everything about me is the best all right so can I start um, yeah you can start if you want okay um mine is really just really simple so i was taking i was getting two different men out of my apartment into the airport on Friday morning. Um, a friend and a boyfriend, like, had to get them both on their way. And the friend was just here on, like, a 15-hour layover, so I felt bad. Like, I was trying to, like, show him Shanghai, but also mm. I was like, okay, like, I'm going to be sobbing over here, like, saying bye to my boyfriend, but, like, then we can get breakfast. Like, everything's fine. So I took him to get, like, Shanghai breakfast because I wanted to give him at least, like, a tiny little piece. And we got soup dumplings um, because I was like, it's Shanghai. Yeah. Like, there's a Shanghai dim sum place close to where I live. And he was like, yeah, like, how do you eat these? And I was like, oh, you know, like, you, like, um, you know, like, you, uh, and I realized that, like. <laughs> you didn't know how to eat <laughs> soup dumplings? I didn't really know how to explain it. Like, I'm sure there's, like, I was like, you, like, bite a hole in it. And he was like, and then what? And I was like, I don't know, you just you fucking suck- eat it. Like, yeah. you just you, eat you, it. Yeah, right? you, bite, you bite a little hole in it, then you suck out all the soup. Right, which is yeah. what I, like, kind of explained. But then I tried to, like, demonstrate it. And I just, like butchered like using chopsticks eating a soup dumpling like at all ever having lived in asia yeah and it was just like so embarrassing because i was sitting there and i was like i feel like people are watching me like try and teach this guy like oh a soup dumpling is like a shanghai thing and then i'm just like getting soup all over my shirt and i was just like all right, it's I'm not it's have... not easy it's not yeah. easy yeah. at least you tried i mean i've definitely brought people to soup dumpling for the first time like either here in new york and it's like i Sometimes maybe explain, but more or less just like, You're like oh, I will let you fail. Like, yeah, out. it's like, well, it's filled with liquid, so good, good luck, luck with that. Yeah, it's like also probably piping hot, so you gotta eat in one bite. But yeah, but it's you also gonna burn your mouth, bite, so good so, luck. Yeah, I was just like, well, it's uh, it's traditional, but I definitely like in terms of like showing Shanghai in my one moment, it was like I sobbed and then I poured soup on myself. <laughs> Welcome to China. <laughs> wow, fantastic. <laughs> yep. Sean, what do you uh, what do you, what, uh, what do you have for well, us? I was telling saying earlier, I almost had a good fail of the week, which was uh, we started doing these boxing lessons, and uh, me and my girlfriend kind of do them to motivate each other. And I am starting from not only boxing square one, but athletic square one. <laughs> I am very non-athletic, do not do much, um, so they're rough rough practices. And yesterday, right. I almost had a. I think I pushed it too hard. I was Whoa. literally on the brink, like feeling it come up after work or after practice, but I curbed that, so not a fail there. Uh, <laughs> so I guess my fail of the week. Uh, so recently, uh, normally our fridge uh, always has a weird smell, and I'm always throwing things out because I can't figure out what it is. Um, and then recently discovered it was because our fridge was on the lowest setting, so it's pretty much not cooling anything. <laughs> so I was like, that's probably why everything always smells in here. Oh, no. 
So I turned it up to, you know, pretty much all the way to keep things cold. And uh, unfortunately, I also went on, normally our fridge is pretty empty except for leftovers, but this week I went, I bought a bunch of drinks just to have, mostly like a lot of cans, like beer and soda. Oh no. So it turns out uh, our fridge has maybe two settings, which is barely anything and freezing. Oh, so yeah. I discovered the other day, not only did it freeze everything in our fridge, but our drawer full of all these sodas uh, was all frozen slushed over. <gasps> I was like, oh, it's just frost. And then I was like, nope, this is all frozen Sprite because several Sprites completely Dude. exploded, oh, coating shit. the whole fridge in oh, frozen no. Sprite frost. So, so you can yes, never turn it down because it will fall. Well, I like, so now I've tried to like turn it down a little in hopes that it's like, because I turned down just a couple numbers and everything's still frozen. I was like, a little bit more. So hopefully in the next couple days it Holy goes to shit. normal. But yeah, so I had to clean up several cans of it's a pretty good Sprite. Fail slush covering everything wow that's yeah. oh man that's gonna that's yeah. gonna be a of course sticky, the one time i actually fridge. go and try to stock my fridge with drinks yeah it's like no fail. <laughs> wow that's a that's a tough one that's an annoying one for no. sure um mine is a pretty classic failure that i think everyone's had at some point in their in their in their life <laughs> okay um the other night i was uh it, it was for like a, a colleague's kind of going going away. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to KTV, you know, Ooh. Chinese car- you know karaoke yeah. places, and um, you know we were drink we were doing doing some drinking, and uh, I had to go to the bathroom and I walked into the ladies' room. Stop! Yep. At a KTV. I've done that. At a, <laughs> at a KTV. Not a KTV it? yet. Restaurants. Yeah. Oh man. And uh, I mean, it's like I was drunk. I could have been paying attention more, but when I. So basically, it was one of those things like I walked in and I'm just like, huh, no urinals in here. <laughs> and then I'll, that's usually the first clue. Then the second clue is um, when you see a woman. That's mm. that's, that's, <laughs> that's the, the second that's clue. Second clue. And yeah, so this Chinese woman like walked out of a stall and I looked at her and I was just like, I was just like, what's old toilet? I was like, I walked the wrong <laughs> way. And then I just like, I walked out. Oh God. Okay. This is not my failure this week, but I have to say this. I have really short hair, obviously. Ben is so tired of me talking about this. But one time in China, in Shanghai, I was going to visit a friend. And I like got off the metro. He lived way out in Pudong. I got off the metro. I really had to pee. So I went into one of those public bathrooms. And they have like the woman sitting there, I guess, like making sure no one gets assaulted or whatever. It's probably a yeah. great person to have. And I walked into the ladies and she started yelling at me. And I like kind of freaked out because I was like, maybe like someone's cleaning it or like I can't go in there for some reason. And I walked back out and I was like, what? Like, what's going on? And she got kind of quiet. And I was like, uh, like, what's going on? And her friend, like there were two of them. And her friend was like, like she thought you were a dude. Like magic. And I was like, hi, embarrassing. Like, go ahead. And I was just like. Oh, God. Okay. It was really, really awkward. I have basically the same story. When I started here, the company I was with, we had two offices on the third floor and the second floor of, like, a building. And I worked on the third floor, and the bathroom was men on the left, women on the right. And I just, like, got super used to that. And I remember one day having to go to the bathroom, and it was, like, everything was occupied. So I went downstairs and just, like, went in and was using the stall. Oh, no. So it was not just a regular one. After I get in the stall... I'm doing my business, and then I hear someone that sounded female, and the bathrooms are not like, you know, they're usually changed where it's like a wall, but it's a crappy wall, so it's, even if someone's in the other one, it's not, and I was like, no, this person is here, and that's when the, wait, were there urinals? Like, like, that thought went through my head, like, 
Oh no! And then it was just like I basically just sit there and wait till I did. Did you wait it out? I waited it out till there was no voices, and I was just like, "Go!" And just like, "Please, nobody be in here." When I just like basically bolted out like after I finished as fast as I can. Luckily, there was nobody there. But I was just like, as soon as I got in and like started, was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" Like I wait a minute. Like started (laughs) the way I'd be like, "Oh no!" Yeah, I'm. I, I will take some responsibility for this myself, <laughs> but I won't take full responsibility because uh, in this particular KTV, I don't think the symbols for the bathrooms were clear enough. Ooh, bathroom symbols are tough. The symbols here, here they're yeah. different forever. There's no like yeah, uniform. There's no standard yeah, uniform. So the, the symbol for the women's room in this place was just a generic, like one of those generic kind of stick figures mm. squatting. Not helpful. Right. Uh, It could be a man or a woman squatting going to the bathroom. a child. Now, if I looked at the other one, which was the men's one, I probably could have guessed that that was the women's because the men's one was like a stick figure like standing and kind of like (laughs) extending its penis out. Oh, good. Yeah. So like if I had seen both of them, I would have known. But just seeing the one squatting, it was not clear that that was not a man. Oh, man. The worst one I've come across in Shanghai, the first time I went to Liquid Laundry, Mm -hmm. theirs are just like two different pairs of underwear. Oh. But honestly, I looked at them for like a long time and I was like, I have underwear that looks like both of these. I was going to say, worse is like when you go, I found, I can't remember which country it was but like you'll go to a restaurant like an australian bar or something and there's no like pictogram like no image it's just like blokes and something oh, but yeah. this one was like two slang words it's like i don't know your slang like yeah, this does not help me yeah. i don't know what these are oh, like I, I get you're being clever but it's like you gotta help us out with something else like, don't, like please don't be yeah, clever. Oh, <laughs> And with that, and with that <laughs> yeah, okay. So those are our small failures of the week. That, that was nice. We all, you guys, all kind of chipped in, chipped in on mine. That was that was good. Um, so I mean, this is kind of an interesting uh, episode here because because Sean, of the guests we've had, mm-hmm. you might be the one that I know the least about going yeah. into this. Like this is the first time I've ever met you. So we're kind of uh, we're literally like we're literally going from from scratch here. Every right. everything you say is going to be new to me. I'm going to say nothing and not be helpful at all. <laughs> which is uh, uh. which is which is going to be which is going to be kind of fun. So I guess yeah. um I guess maybe just start like you know tell us where where you're where you're from and okay. uh, kind of we'll, we'll we'll go from there. Okay, uh, I guess usually when I tell my story it starts like I guess or however you college. want to start. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> however you want again start. come into Shanghai it's like or, and I lived in Japan for a little bit. Same thing where it's like you've told your life story like right. dozens and dozens of times, yeah. so you get okay at it. But yeah. um, so I'm originally from New Jersey, America. Okay, cool. uh, for those not familiar, it's near New York. I'll usually just say New York because <laughs> when it's in like a small town, to me foreigners they don't know New Jersey. Yeah, uh, so, but I went to school in Baltimore. Okay, and I went to fine art school down there at Maryland College of Art. Um, after there, got out pretty much immediately because uh, not a big fan of Baltimore. I don't okay. know if you're familiar, not a great city. Well, it's got charm. It is Charm City, but it's also kind of a shithole. But anyway, so left there, went to New York. Was in New York for a bit. Uh, just kind of bumming around, not doing much. Went to Tokyo for a few months. Nice. Then moved, left Tokyo, went to San Francisco for a year and a half. Went back to New York for a year, and then moved to Shanghai uh, about almost two years ago. Wow, so yeah, I guess so. that's, I mean, that's a lot of moves across the <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, jump around a bit. So, I mean, what, 
you know what what led to those moves were were was what it change is nicely trying to ask yeah. is um you may have realized the name of the show is the, the failure, failure show. show yeah well this is what was a change in career aspirations <laughs> no, this was actually, obstacles well, when i was thinking about failures yeah. it was like i don't think i have any big failures that like shape my life and it's like oh wait no i do it shaped my entire life <laughs> so, yeah so, so were any yeah were yeah. any of those so so after right? baltimore i stayed there for like two months and was like maybe i'll stay here and work I was dating this girl. We had been dating for almost all of college, like three, four years. And then we broke up. And I was in Baltimore, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to move to New York. I mean, I'm from New Jersey, so New York is not like a big stretch. A ton of people I was friends with were already living there, so I moved in with them. So I was in New York for about three years uh, with my nice fine arts degree, which was mm-hmm. not getting me very far. Uh, so for three years you were in New York? Yeah, three years total, or the first stretch, three, four, maybe four years, four and a half. Uh, so I majored in printmaking, which uh, a lot of people don't know what it is, but basically it was before printers, people would print things, uh, but then printers came out. So it's, it used to be a trade, like automotive or anything. Now it's just a fine art. So it's huh. it's very niche, basically. You can either screen print or you can do like litho. It's kind of all these arts things. But anyway, so there's not many much work there. So in New York, I was just working uh, mostly reception. I worked at this high-end barber shop, and it was okay. It was just kind of a job. I was, you know, young. Um, but eventually, me and my girlfriend at the time, who had been dating for about two years at that point, she was just doing waitressing, bartending. Um, we weren't doing anything career-oriented. Oriented. Um, so she was looking for something new, found a scholarship through um, Confucius Institute, yeah. and got that to go to Nanjing, a full year, full ride, like paid scholarship. So she was moving to China. So I was like, oh, okay, well, what am I gonna do? And we had actually met in Japan on a study abroad. So we both loved Tokyo and Japan. I was like, well, maybe I'll do that. A friend of ours was in a language school in Tokyo. So I asked him about it. So I saved up a bunch of money, basically six months worth of money for school and living. And when she went to China, I moved to Tokyo. Wow. And it was kind of like a, open-ended hopefully this works out maybe i'll find work or we'll see how where it goes um so when i was there i was in language school always been horrible language student uh so <laughs> so you're studying japanese studying japanese uh want to study japanese yeah i like japanese um and i wanted to learn it and i would love to work there um but i was starting from zero um basically my goal was get a job while i'm there and start working to be able to pay for things. Fortunately, the beginner class was from, I think, noon to three. So like any job during the day is like pretty much impossible because it's like, I I ended up working part-time in the morning, but you can only work like three, four hours before class. And by law, you can't work at any like bars or entertainment Mm -hmm. things if you're a student. So there wasn't many options. Um, So after six months, ran out of money, couldn't pay for another semester of school because you need to pay up front. Mm. Um, actually was working full time for another month and a half and then decided to leave. Um, at the time was looking for just anything. So the company I worked with in New York had a shop in San Francisco. So I was able to have like a job lined up and a f- good friend of mine from college was moving to San Francisco and he's like, oh, let's get a place together. It's like, that's great. I, Failed here in Japan, so let me try a new city because I'm not, you know, no career. So I went to San Francisco. Uh, a month before I went, my friend told me he found a great job in L.A. and he's staying oh, in L.A. No. So he totally ditched me there. So 
moved to San Francisco by myself. Um, so moved in there. After a month, found a job with a startup. Um, that just doing, feels very San Fran. Yeah, yeah, basically. Like, somehow fell into startup culture. Um, so anyway, I was there for a year and a half. I was just doing content editing. It was very specific to what we did. It wasn't anything again, really career oriented. Mm -hmm. Like I, I knew there weren't many jobs I could like leverage. So uh, that company was slowly kind of petering out. So I wanted to go back to New York. So I moved back to New York. Um, and while I was there, I was like, okay, now I need a career. I'm like 26, 27. I've kind of like bummed around for the last, you know, five, six years. Yeah. I need to focus on something. And uh, so I was like, uh, marketing sounds fun. Like, not necessarily PR, but like advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I like design, but I hated doing design. Um, basically dealing with clients. Mm. But I was thinking maybe something like more just that creative concept. So at, I think I guess at this point, like 26, 27, I was like trying to find contacts for about a year in New York maybe a little less, uh, trying to break into marketing, which is like very difficult, especially in yeah. New York to break into. And so I was applying to these like internships and these like junior, like I knew everyone if I ever found one would be like 19 or 20, like yeah. right out of school. So I started doing that and it wasn't really going anywhere. Um, but while I was in San Francisco, I befriended a lot of our engineers, uh, coders. So I really started enjoying that. So I decided Maybe I'll save up and go to school for that. So I did that because, again, I've now failed at attempting marketing. Okay. Uh, so I went back to school for this six-month coding program and uh, studied crazy because I didn't really have a job. I was working freelance. So I had a ton, ton of time, really dove into that. Um, so kind of to back up a little bit, uh, my girlfriend at the time was still in China, and now this has been three years oh so she came and then did not so she came she studied for a year so she was there for a year no matter what yeah so then she studied and did really well and then came to shanghai after the year and started another school here and was working eventually worked full-time as a designer so she just switched over to that so she was here like career path started like settled in shanghai i have been popping around still looking for a career path so at this point, we were dated for two years and now three years long distance. So Ew. five years of dating, three of those were long distance at wow. the time. So yeah, all three of those were while she was in China and you, yeah. were, and you were hopping around. Yeah, I was hopping around. I mean, even when I was in Japan, we only saw each other once or twice in that six months. Mm -hmm. um, and then even less in when I was back in the States because it's, you know, so much. Um, we had known each other for maybe two, three years before we started dating. So we were pretty close. Um, but anyway, so we made three years. So she was always asking me if I would ever come to China. And it was very, uh, it's a big step. I was very afraid because uh, living in Japan, it's, I mean, similar here. It's very fun at first, but when you don't know the language, after a few months, the like fun new environment wears off and the yeah. everyday struggle really kicks in that you can like, only eat at a couple places because yeah. they understand English or speak English. In Japan, did that ever like wear off a bit? Like, oh yeah, definitely. That's what I mean. Like after a few months, it was just like. Did your Japanese get good? No, enough? it was it was going okay, but not like communication. Okay. Like I'm a bad student, and I'll admit that it was mostly me. Like I never <laughs> study, and it was okay. one of those things. Like the weeks that I did study, I would all of a sudden do really well in class. It's like oh, 
That's when you study, you do well. And yeah. that's like, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I was very afraid. And I was like, I can't just move to China. Like, you don't understand. You came here and you already knew a little Chinese. Then you took classes and blah, blah. It's like, it's not that easy. But then I had visited her here after, between San Francisco and uh, New York, I went, came here for a month. Okay. And I had met some of her coworkers. And some of her coworkers, who you, I was, and then now I've met other people, it's like, you quickly learn, there's a lot of expats here who like, don't know any Chinese. Accurate. They have been here for 10 years, they don't know any Chinese. Yeah. And it's like, mm. but there's enough expat business integration that you can survive. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? This is stupid. And uh, a friend of mine was, uh, side note, uh, big failure of the week also for me was asking my friends what are some of my biggest failures because I can't think of stuff <laughs> and I was like, like small lot? stories and then they were like I was like can you guys help me think of any and my like best friend that I've known since kindergarten was like oh you should talk about this 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 it's like just like ah, this was a bad idea like all these just horrible stories but he was like talk about your failure relationship that turned into this like thing and I was like, oh, that's a good tie-in to this career failure, which was, you know, after three years of long distance, it came to a point which was, where is this going? Uh, like, we don't hate each other, but it's like, this is just dumb at this point. So it's either like, we either make this work or we kill it. Because mm. it's like three years, like, with is... no, no future in sight. Oh, God. I said, okay, I'll move to China. So I started taking these coding classes. It was... Uh, I guess two or three times a week. Um, I was learning, you know, front end, back end, starting not from scratch, but the classes started from scratch. And uh, so I learned that and uh, talked to friends of her friends who helped me get a uh, kind of like an internship here. Yeah. It was like a paid, basically, your previous guest, Logan, worked for the same company, oh, okay. uh, Mailman yeah. and KWO, which is their startup. So I talked to their, um, founder Alex and he was super friendly I'd met him before and he hooked me up so I kind of did that so after a year of new in New York of both failing and really kind of starting this new career going back to school uh I came to Shanghai and uh have so far been successful <laughs> have not completely failed yet okay uh, so started with that company and then after a few months left uh, started full-time work or paid full-time work uh, with my current company Tongdao, which is a tech startup here in Shanghai. Cool. And uh, you've gotten really good at telling that story. Yeah, it's a long story, but it's yeah, it's, it's good. And uh, one of the side notes is like not me particularly, but uh, I've met people along the way. And I know as a coder and an engineer, I'm very new. I didn't go to school for it, like university four years. So I picked it up, and luckily, like we're in a time that. It's all very open source and everyone loves sharing. So you can teach yourself coding from home if you really want to, which is like mostly what I did. And uh, like what you'll learn is, it's a very like to the outside person, they look at it and it's so complicated. I mean, it's coding. Yeah. And But you'll quickly learn like a couple things which are um, from start to like job level is not a bit as big of a gap as you really? would think. Like after you learn certain things, a lot of it is learning like really the basics. Then you'll quickly learn like Google is one of the biggest tools engineers use because there's so many different things. There's, it's always changing. There's so many problems. Like just that, Googling like, like what's wrong with my yeah, code here. Yeah, and like people don't realize like 
you will fail 200 times a day. Like nothing will work, something will break, you'll get an error. But there's so many people who have had that problem, have failed that way yeah. before. Just Google it. It's out there. People have answered it. They share the answer. So I have, I have a question yeah. for you, um, as I do on this podcast, just to bring things down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you said that, like, you know, um, one of the reasons that, like, we got connected to you and everything yeah. was your girlfriend, who yeah. I know a bit, and she was like, oh, he's got a really cool story. But then you said, like, you kind of had a hard time thinking this week, like, oh, like, have, like do I have big yeah. failures? Like, what are they? So... I think like a lot of people, they can really easily pick out things where they're like, oh yeah, totally bombed at yeah. that. And it seems like yours is like, especially in the telling of your story, it's really fluid. Like it's like, yeah. and then I did this and it didn't really work, so then I did that. But did you ever have like a moment where for you, it was just like, fuck, like I, you know, this was just, this did not work and I... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much like that, that year in New York was that. I mean, like, so I just turned 30. Uh... Little side note, success-wise, uh, for 30th birthday, we went back to Tokyo, and I proposed to my girlfriend. Yay. She said yes, so she oh. had my fiance. Congratulations. But, uh, so, turned 30, people were like, oh, 30, that's a big number. Like, how do you feel? I was like, I feel fine, because I had my 30-year-old breakdown when I was 28, like, in New York, of like, nice. fuck. I didn't do anything in New York when I was there. I was a receptionist for three years. All my friends in New York, like, best friends I've known forever, they all started their, like, career path straight from school. So now you're friend like you're starting a career at 28. Mm-hmm. People your age that you've been friends with are now like eight years into a career, like seven, eight years. So like my best friend in the world, the one I was talking about before, he is now the right hand per like aide to Mayor de Blasio in New York. Like wow. he worked on the Obama campaign. He worked on the Anthony Weiner campaign. That didn't turn out so well. Then he worked on the de Blasio campaign. It's just like, oh, yeah. you've built like this whole career. And it's just like, cool, I'm starting my career. So it's just like, yeah, I definitely have had that panic mode of like, what the fuck am I doing yeah. in New York? What am I doing in my career? Like, have I failed? Was Tokyo a stupid decision? Like, I've wasted three, four years of my life. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, it's really easy to get... Um, caught up comparing yourself either to childhood friends or high school or Mm -hmm. college friends that are exactly the same age as you and you look you're like okay what have they done since college what have I done since college where are they now who's winning yeah who's winning and like you don't want to look at it that way but you can't help but do it and Mm -hmm. it can be it can be really counterproductive Mm -hmm. because there were definitely people who like graduated same year I graduated and they kind of picked one career path in Uh New York and they stuck with that path Mm -hmm stayed with the same company and then you know like in six or seven years they're a vice president yeah you know and worse worse on that is like my closest friends in new york again i've known them since kindergarten not only do they like pick a career and stuck with it but they pick careers that like they wanted to do that like i have two friends who are special effects artists and like one of them since high school he's been doing sculpture strictly for like special effects reasons and like went on is now like does all these major projects on movies and everything in New York. And then my other friend who's always been like very political and he's doing that. So it's like, not only have you started careers and like been doing them for eight years, whereas I'm just starting is like when I picked marketing in New York, it was like, that sounds like it could be fun, Mm -hmm. but like I knew nothing about it. There was nothing in me that was like, yes. Versus like when I started to learn coding, I actually like enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed working on the projects. So it's like, no, it's not what I went to school for, but I still at least now have found something. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've got yeah. another another um, 
Ida question. Another Ida question? <laughs> yeah, so you've been doing coding and stuff mm -hmm. now for like, I guess you've been in China almost two years? Yeah, two years. Um, do you, and you said you, you like it, do you ever mm -hmm. like worry that this will turn into like another thing where you're like, ah, actually it's not what I want to do or like it might lead to another thing or do you feel like you mm -hmm. finally kind of settled on like, oh, I could see myself building into this for like eight more years, 10 more years. Yeah. I mean, uh, eight and 10 weren't that far apart. <laughs> 10 or 20, I guess. No regret yet. I still enjoy it a lot. Um, part of it right now is more just finding uh, the, a company like a future mm -hmm. company, company culture that I'm into. Uh, I love startups. I mean, I work for now three startups, my last three jobs, and they've been quite fun. Mm -hmm. um, they are a little, I don't find them as stressful because I don't have like a family. Like in San Francisco, I work with a guy who had like kids and a family. And in San Francisco, it was very startup where it was like, great news guys, we have funding for three more months. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, and I was just like, okay, cool. It's like, but I, now looking back, I just picture him being like, you only have job stability for three months at a time. Must be so aggravating. So but I mean, so far here, it's been great. Um, and it, I mean, it's fun to build projects, even if they're not like my product. I'm yeah. Part, it's such a small company that it's like, it's not my company, but I mean, I've built this product. Oh, like, I, yeah. uh, since I've started at this company, our front, like our product, I've, rebuilt the whole thing at this point i think piece by piece so it's That's it's still cool. very enjoyable yeah. and if we ever move back i do plan to continue that um i have you know obviously goals for maybe more like project mm -hmm. management not just coding um to like run things yeah because uh, i have learned that i'm not always great uh <laughs> under people okay mm. Especially if I don't agree with said person. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think maybe something there or starting my own thing. Yeah. And then, um, sorry, Ben, did you have a question? No, I w well, one thing I was going to say, which I, I kind of find interesting, mm -hmm. is you mentioned a little while back that, yeah. you know, you self proclaimed that you were not a good student. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like really interesting that then you also said, it's really easy to teach yourself coding because there are mm -hmm. a lot of resources out there. But obviously, in order to teach yourself, mm -hmm. you need to have the motivation yes. to stick with it and the work ethic. So obviously, you had enough interest yeah. in coding that you had the drive and the work ethic to be a really good student yeah. at that. So let me rephrase. I'm not a great uh, memorization student, meaning like I've always been pretty good at like math mm -hmm. and similar things, uh, history biology which was like a you know fact science like horrible like i don't remember <laughs> names same thing here i don't know any of the road names my hometown i lived there for 25 years people be like how do you get to your house i'd be like all right so you get off the exit and you take the third right and they're like what's the street and i was like don't know like, <laughs> you'll recognize it's like i don't pay attention to those things don't okay. memorize it and i think there was just something about coding was a lot more problem-based like puzzle solving mm. and that really like drove me into it and not only that but I think coming from an arts background part of it was you're building a project so like when I was in class a lot of the people I was with had other jobs and they would just be doing this on the side whether it was like to learn it some people were like oh I just want to learn how to build a website uh, I don't think they realized like these classes were made for like 
starting your career. Like they weren't just like a fun mm-hmm. exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that was I had friends who wanted websites. So when we would get assignments, I wouldn't just like make a fake thing. I would make them oh. a website using what I've learned. Oh. And part of that was like, it really drove me yeah, to be like, a, lot of like sense. a weekend. I would just like, Oh, I want to finish this project and like spend the whole weekend like coding. And I think that was part of like having something you're building like with a purpose makes me more interested in it. And then again, over time you learn it a lot of it. Like it's definitely a learn by doing skill. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, again, you'll always run into problems. You'll always break something. You have to go find the answer. And now you know that answer. Like yeah. The next thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and since you know, you, you talked about how mm-hmm. how often you have to fail, will fail, yeah. by coding. Like, what do you have any particular like since you've started doing coding, like yeah. a, an instance of kind of supreme frustration? <laughs> oh, like all the time. That, that sticks out even more than others. I, I can't think of one in particular, but I mean, if you ask my girlfriend, the amount of times I've come home at the end of the day and be like, today I worked on an issue that I like couldn't fix for eight hours and then I'll solve it at the end. And the answer is like not eight hours worth of stuff. It's just like I was right. looking in the wrong place or I missed something. And it's just like the most frustrating thing that it takes me eight hours to solve this stupid problem that I could just probably ignore. Like that's the other thing is like certain things I'll get way too detail oriented. Mm. So I'll spend like seven to eight hours the whole day wasted on this thing. And then like the answer is like, I misspelled something somewhere. Mm. Like, like just hours of looking like, and it's just like, it's always the dumbest solution. And it's like, if it was something major, like I had to learn a new technology, I'd be happy to fail all day and solve it. But it's never that. It's always like a problem that I should have seen in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's because I've, I mean, I've done almost no programmer coding. Yeah. I like took a computer science mm-hmm. class once, but it was just like the, it just for me and, and my, my background. So my, my dad is like kind of like a computer architect. Yeah. So he does stuff with both software and hardware. Okay. So like, that's like his, that's like his world yeah. is, is just, you know, various types of computer mm-hmm. programming and computer architecture <clears throat> and things like that. And I've, and it's never been something that I've latched Onto, yeah, and it's always something I've been supremely like frustrated by. Just oh, like, yeah. Yeah. just like, well, it's wrong. Well, just why can't it just? Yeah. Why can't they just tell me what's wrong? Well, that's, like, one of the things is like, so there's back end and front end, and front end is a lot of like the visual, what you see, what the client sees. Back end is basically how it works. Uh, and one of the things I like about front end is like when things break for the most part, like work or don't work, I can see. Mm. that they're not working like something visually is wrong and it's like that helps me so much because like i just like being able to like see something is broken fix it and like see it's fixed and on top of that also i mentioned before like i like design like graphic design but i hate designing for people because it's dealing with people it's a very subjective science i mean it's like visual art yeah so you'll just like spend so much time building something and then they're like yeah i don't like it it's like, well, what don't you like? I don't know. I just don't like it. It's like, that helps me in no way at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do here. And now I've wasted so much time versus like this. I can at least be like, does it work? Yes, I'm done. Is it broken? I'll keep working on it. Like, yeah. what do you want me to do? And it will do that. And I am done. Oh. <laughs> I uh, I remember in college, my boyfriend was a computer engineer. Yeah. 
And I just remember one time he was, like, building a ray tracer, which I only vaguely understood what that meant. And he was, like, doing his final exam, and I walked out one morning, and he was just sitting on the couch, like, crying quietly. And I was like, is everything okay? And he was like, I fixed a problem. And apparently he'd been working on it for, like, seven, eight yeah. hours, and, like, That's he I mean. finally gotten it to work. And he was just like, it, like, does well, what it's supposed to do. Now. It's such a frustrating, because, like I said before, like, I've worked, like, on a problem for eight hours, and then I'll solve it, and it's, like... A puzzle where I'm figuring it out and I like come up with the answer and figure it out and that's like yes you feel like victorious but then there's the other problems where the answer is not like something you did to solve it it's something you fucked up that was so simple it's like those are frustrating mm. but constantly at work I'll like figure something out and be like so happy <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. I mean that's I mean that's incredible and it's cool because like a lot of people it seems like go into computer science or coding, you know, coming from initially a more technical math and science mm -hmm. background, yeah. even though like that was a strength of yours, like when you were younger, it's mm -hmm. not what you went to school for. Yeah. But you kind of, you came at coding from the creative side. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy not designing things, but building your designs. Mm -hmm. Like I'd be glad to build something that you show me exactly what it is. But like to visually design it, it's just like I can't, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, so that, so it almost sounds like yeah. um, you enjoy creativity within structure. Yeah, exactly. Basically, unless it's like a personal project where I can do yeah. whatever I want. You can like the yeah, um, I enjoy it. Yeah, so I'll enjoy like building, helping. I feel like it's collaborative. Like yeah, and uh, again, what I do is all front end, so it's all visual. So yeah, it's code, but it's like using code to create these visual things. Yeah, and then there's all their elements that like, from being in it, besides just like flat visual, there's like what they call UX, which is like experience, which is, uh, it's very design oriented, which is like how people use a product. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm starting to get more into now, which is like not just how something looks, but how it actually works. And a lot of that in, in the same vein as design is, if it's done well, you won't see it. If it's done poorly, that's all you can see, which is just like, yeah, like the fact that all sites have the login button at the top right of the page is because visually people always look at the top right of something. It's like if you look at food menus, usually higher end restaurants will put their most expensive thing on the top right because it's like, uh, yeah, it's like a logical thing. <gasps> I feel thing. like I'm being lied to. No, you'll like see like breakdowns oh, of it. Really so like that's why like a lot of places they'll put all the buttons on the top right because that's the first thing you go to, yeah. like these sort of things. And it's like learning the psychology behind design and it's like that's... how people go from this step to this step to this step and like how your apps work like intuitively and so that's kind of again front that's... end but it's not so visual as it is that's like so mental true. design you never notice if something works really really exactly. well but if it's, something I mean, like is annoying craftsmanship so anything annoying. like if you built the perfect table it's like just looks like a table but if you build a shit table it's like oh it's a shit table and the <laughs> leg is broken blah 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 versus like yeah. Uh, you look at like old craftsmanship stuff and it's like the amount of work that goes into like jointing. It's just like, but you never see it. It's all behind the scenes and it's just like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I guess that that's like. <laughs> Cheers to not building shit tables. <laughs> yeah. But I guess like, it, it, yeah, it's, a, I guess what you're saying, it's the same thing with, mm -hmm. with a website. Like, you know, like you notice if, uh, if uh, a website is terribly yeah. designed or, or so, I mean, you kind of mentioned you might at some point want to think about starting your own company or doing yeah. your own thing because it, it, working for other people or working under other people yeah. is not really, <laughs> not really for you. Is there like a specific 
area within. Yeah, tell us your secret idea on our podcast. So well, we I have a few ideas. That, like, really, that really and, gets you uh, going. Or, yeah. Well, so I just like creating projects. And I've talked to other people how like if I ever created a product, like I want to build an app. That's my goal this year is like even if it's not like a company, I just want something in the app store. Like, okay. Uh, cool. Just that's like a, you know, my New Year's resolution. Like do that. And uh, for years, I've always like, I always tell people, it's like, I don't have million dollar ideas, but I have some great hundred thousand dollar ideas. Like basically just like, you know, when you hear about a dumb app that for a week everyone downloads because it's funny, like yes. those are the apps I want to download. It's like <laughs> shit that just like has no reason to exist, yeah. but like it's there. Like, I don't know if you remember when the iPhone first came out, there was all these apps that were like beer and it was like oh, yeah. just using the gyroscope that you could like pour a beer. It's like. Yes, I'm gonna develop that. It's just like I'm just gonna have a suite of those, and it's like, and if I get twenty of those, maybe I can build a company. But okay, yeah, uh, it's just like dumb stuff. But uh, so yeah. a suite of dumb apps. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want to be the dumb apps guy. But I don't know. I don't think I, I will start a company anytime soon. Definitely not like like people are like. Oh, you can start a company. It's like no, I am not prepared for that. Like I've seen what goes into it, yeah. and it's like. I mean, I don't know how people do it, and more power to them when they're just like, we have this idea, we're going to quit our jobs and run with it. It's like, oof, I'd rather just make something. And if it can, if it can, if my product can pay for itself, like the maintenance, it's a success to me. <laughs> like, and just as a hobby on the side for now, it's like, but I don't know. I think starting a company is just out of my realm right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I get more comfortable, Yeah. If you would like to hear about someone starting a company, go back and listen to Logan's yeah. episode. Episode four. <laughs> yeah, power to Logan. She's just going for it. And other people. Uh, but yeah, and then you hear like stories of people like, I just quit my job and started my own company. It's like, oh, what'd you do? It's like, oh, I was a lawyer for 10 years. It's like, oh, so you had like a million dollars saved up. Like, you know, those that. stories are like, okay. But yeah. it's just like, but yeah. Some people, it's just like, they were yeah. nothing and just go. And it's like, oof. Yeah, so I mean, I guess like looking back on your mm-hmm. your your whole story, I guess like what you know. Are you glad it happened this way? Yeah, I that was another thing I was thinking of when I was thinking of failure stories, which was uh, it, it's you want to be like, did I make that big mistake? But then like you got to look back and big picture. Like my girlfriend in college, we were together for four years, and then it fell apart like in flames, and it was like, wow, did I waste that four years? It's like. No, because if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have, like, moved to New York. Then I wouldn't have, like, met my new girlfriend. It's like, you know, you got to look at that. Yeah. Try to look at that stuff. Not be so negative, but I don't know. I support that. Yeah. You know I ask questions that are, like, <laughs> forcing you to it, It's hard. It. Like, on a day-to-day basis, yeah, of course, you're going to, like, always have regrets and be like, oh, what did I do? But it's like, I guess try. And then also, again, starting my new career at 28. And then I'll meet people here like 23 and they're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so old. It's like, you're not old. And I know that's such a cliche thing to tell like the 22, 23 year old, but it's like, trust me, you're not old at all. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So, I mean, after a lot of years of kind of wandering around yeah. beating your head against the wall, doing different <laughs> things, it, it's like, it sounds like you've, you've really found yeah. something that you're passionate about and you, you enjoy doing. Yeah. For now. All right. Well, this this was this was awesome. This was really yeah. fun, Sean. You have an amazing <laughs> story, and thank you for for sharing it with us. Yeah. Thank you for Thanks having so me. Much. Yeah. No problem. That's been uh, the failure show. Until next time. <laughs>